The Federal Reserve, ECB, major central banks around the world are, it looks like, preparing to pivot. Certainly, that's the implication from Federal Reserve's latest meeting and especially its press conference where Mr. Jerome Powell, the chair of the Federal Reserve, said, yes, we are discussing rate cuts here. Not that we didn't know that this was going to happen, not that we didn't think this was a large, or high probability, but we do have to ask some questions here now that it appears to be happening. Whether the pivot is confirmed, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, we've moved that far in that direction. We do need to take it seriously because the markets are taking it seriously. And more than that, as I said, we do have to ask some questions here. We do need to answer, find answers to the questions. And number one is, why would the Fed be pivoting? What is it that the Fed sees suddenly that they didn't see before? And secondly, maybe more importantly, why now? What has changed recently? Because let's, let's set the stage here. Stephen, you know this. The stage was higher for longer, higher for longer, higher for longer. That's all they said. And now all of a sudden, the Fed comes out with this meeting that's already talking about rate cuts in 2024. The dot plots, with, you know, we, we don't want to make too much of the dots, but the dots show that policymakers themselves are starting to think about not just a rate cut or two, but maybe several rate cuts. So we don't want to follow the dots, but the dots are informative about what policymakers are thinking. And what apparently they're thinking now is different than what it was just a couple weeks ago. So, Steve, let me ask you that question. What changed here? Yeah, Jeff, that, that is a fantastic question because going into this press conference, I said this is going to be a nothing. Powell was just going to keep rates steady, talk about, you know, we're going to potentially have to raise rates, and, you know, unless inflation cools off. I expected, you know, maybe, if it, and I don't even care about the dot plots. I know the market does, but as you as I know, they are the worst predictor of where monetary policy is going. If you told me there would be one, you know, rate cut plan for next year, maybe two at the very end, I would say, you know what, that makes perfect sense. But yet, you know, we heard, as you if you've mentioned, is on December 1st, Powell comes out and says pretty much higher for longer. And then two weeks later is like, hey, we're having discussions here. And all of a sudden this tells us, you know, is it because they believe they're going to overshoot their target? Is there something they know? Is this just, you know, what actually changed that we're seeing these members of the board come out and say, you know what, maybe, just maybe we went too far on this deal that we need to come back more than the market expected. And then next thing we know, rates are falling, bond prices are rallying, and the fund freight didn't move at all. Yeah, I agree with you, Steve. I thought that this last meeting would be Powell talking the market back higher. Because remember, back up a little bit, when interest rates were rising through September and October, the Fed was like, yes, terrific. This is what we want to see. We want higher bond yields because we believe those are restrictive. And we believe restrictive policies are necessary because inflation is the greatest risk. So I thought with bond yields going lower and a lot lower, October, November into early December, like you, I thought Powell would come out and say, I don't like this. I think we need to think about rate hikes. No, we're constructive on inflation. We still think inflation is the greatest risk. We might hike rates before. As you said, Steve, that's exactly what Powell said on December 1st. The quote was, it would be premature to conclude with confidence that we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance or to speculate on when policy might ease. That was December 1st. And that was consistent with the idea that he didn't like bond yields. He didn't like them going down. He probably wanted them to go back higher. And so, again, like you, I thought that this press conference in particular, Powell would take that opportunity 
to try to talk rates back higher. And instead, he didn't do anything. He didn't say a single soundbite that would make you think that anything other than I've changed my mind compared to December 1st, but they're no longer higher for longer, which is in itself pretty significant. Yeah, Jeff, and you pair this with the fact that the equity markets are sitting right near all-time highs, and we know that Powell does not like that at all because, to him, that's the wealth effect. You know, the Greenspan said if stock prices go up, consumers are going to go spend, and, of course, we have to worry about wage price spiral. That's going to happen. We're going to see consumers drive inflation up, and yet we didn't hear any commentary on that. And so one thing it makes me wonder about because we know that Powell is actually a really smart guy. I mean, he comes from private industry. He's very wealthy. He's very knowledgeable. Could this just be a simple case that he might be looking at the two-year treasury yield and saying, oops, maybe I got it wrong because he's been wanting yields to go up. We know this. We agree about this. So the two-year wasn't going up as much. In fact, it was starting to go down. And we know that when the two-year starts to deviate from the federal funds rate and head to the downside, that tells you Fed's going to cut, and they chase it down every time. Yes, and they, do, they deny that they follow the markets. In fact, they do everything they possibly can to downplay the significance of those market signals. But you do have to believe after being beaten over the head repeatedly and cycle after cycle after cycle where the market says, hey, watch out here, and the Fed says we don't care, that maybe in private anyway, there are discussions about, as you just said, the two years going down here, maybe we should pay attention to it. The two years going down here by a lot, maybe we should really pay attention to it. There is definitely something that has shifted in the Federal Reserve's thinking. Again, we don't want to make too much of it, but the markets are saying we think the Fed has definitely closed the book on rate hikes. And whether that leads to rate cuts is immaterial. What it means is that the Fed is no longer going to interfere in the short end of the yield curve, which means market could start pricing fundamentals as it wants to see them. The question we're asking really here is, does, are those fundamentals so serious that even the Federal Reserve now sees them too? That's the prospect here. It's sort of like the 2019 scenario. Because Steve, you remember 2019. 2018, it was rate hikes, rate hikes, rate hikes. Remember the phrase was interest rates have nowhere to go but up? And then interest rates started to go down and everybody was like, wait a minute, what's happening? And within that short space of time, December, January, December 2018 to January 2019, the Fed hiked rates in December 2018. And early January 2019, Powell's like, yeah, we might have to cut rates. It was very similar to that situation. And you have to wonder if the Fed has made that same sort of, had that same sort of epiphany after the markets have, have, have shifted. Maybe, as you're saying, the Fed said, maybe we should pay attention to this. Yeah, Jeff, because what I'm curious about is if we look at the economic data, because, of course, we're told by the Fed themselves that we're data dependent. Well, if we look at the data over the last, say, three months, it would not give you any indication. I mean, there's I mean, you could find maybe one off you know, number here, maybe something you know obscure over there. But on the broad picture, the economic data would suggest that Powell should have been out there saying, look, we're holding rates and we might have to increase. And yes, if we hit our target down the road, yes, we're probably going to price in a cut or two, but we were going to do that anyways. But there's nothing. I mean, if we sat here and went through all the economic data over the last three months, 
We're not going to find one thing that stands out and said, hey, that was something at the meeting that they all pulled out and said, hey, you know what? That's a major red flag. Maybe we need to cut rates, which, as you suggested, maybe there's something they know that we don't know. And if that's the case, which is what the market may actually be thinking right now is, uh oh, Fed has seen something. Maybe it's the bank term funding program. Maybe it's something else that they're worried about. So they're trying to tell the market, we need to potentially cut. We need rates to come back down, which is what they want, the market to kind of take, do the work for them. And then perhaps whatever the problem they see, of course, will magically go away and no one will ever know. Yeah, the backing off of higher for longer is what really stands out here. Even if they... Even if the Fed doesn't plan on rate cuts, they're okay now with interest rates in the marketplace going lower. And again, the question is why that is. And I think you've just hit upon a couple very key points here. The first is you're right. The economic data in the United States right now as it sits is not that bad. It looks weak. It's not great. Let's not kid ourselves here. It's certainly not what the mainstream media calls it. You know, retail sales were up in, in November, but that was after falling in, in October. So they're basically flat for two months. That's not good, but that's not the type of a data point that's going to convince Jay Powell and the Hawks to suddenly become doves. So what they're saying is something something bothers them about future risks. It's the possibility that the weak economic data of today becomes the oh crap data tomorrow. That's one thing that you could say, okay, they saw something in the economic statistics or something else like the market shift or talking to their um, constituents, you know, the regional bank presidents and staff talking to their contacts in the, in the local district saying, hey, we just had to lay off a bunch of people or hey, we, we were going to hire a bunch of people and we said no way business has fallen off. That's a possibility. But you also hit on another thing and something we also need to keep in mind. This is not necessarily strictly about the U.S. economy. What about the banking system? Because I know most people have completely forgotten about banks because Silicon Valley Bank was, what, nine months ago? That's a lifetime ago. And it didn't seem like the world ended in between. So there can't possibly be a bank crisis. But, Steve, as you just mentioned, the bank term funding program. That just hit a record high last week. And not only did it hit a record high, it has accelerated during these couple of weeks where the Fed has shifted from premature to talk about rate hikes or rate cuts to now talking about rate cuts. So you do have to wonder, and we know, I mean, we've talked about this how many times, and we all know it. There is a major problem in commercial real estate. It's going to be an issue in banking. The question is whether or not there's an acceleration or deterioration in that problem that the Fed has caught wind of or has, has, has thought maybe there's an increased possibility here, that might be behind the change in rhetoric too. Yeah, Jeff. I mean, you've got it right because if we look at the bank term funding program, I mean, on, on the self, you know, if we look at it just as itself, what do we think? The banks are insolvent. So if the banks are going to get healthier, then what we've expect to see is a drawdown of the bank term funding program. We would see them paying it back and we would look and say, okay, hey, you know what? The banks were in pretty bad shape and you know they're still not recovered, but they're on a trajectory. Things are getting better for them. What we haven't seen, as you just mentioned, is the commercial real estate just has not blown apart yet. And at some point, these banks are going to be forced to write down these buildings. I know a lot of people say that can't happen. Yes, it's going to. The building, we know the data suggests the value of these buildings has come down. We know the way they're structured in corporate entities. 
the, the people who are uh, own the buildings are just going to walk away if they can't get what they need and they need the banks to write down the, the value of the loan. The banks have no margin, none. And so what did you just mention? We're seeing acceleration in the use of this bank term funding program, we should not be seeing it. Because as you mentioned, the economy is in decent shape. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of lukewarm. Now, granted, the rest of the world, if maybe the Fed is looking around and saying, hey, things in China, things in Europe, maybe there's a factor here that we're not seeing. But on the surface, you would say, hey, the U.S. economy is okay. But the bank term funding program says, no, your small and regional banks, not only insolvent, it's getting worse. And maybe that's what the Fed is seeing is like, hey, we need to take some pressure off of them because if this thing continues to go, we know in March that the loans come due. So what are they going to do? Is the Fed going to be back at zero and say, no problem, have all the money you want for free? Or are they going to let these banks blow up? I don't know what's going to happen, but I think there's something to do with them. Yeah, the... The, the idea behind the bank term funding program was that the biggest problem that these regional banks had was rate hikes and rising interest rates. Remember all the fixed income instruments that had lost their value. Well, the BTFP said, we don't care about the market value of the securities. Just bring them to our window. We'll give you full value. So you could make a case that the BTFP would go up during a rising interest rate environment because prices are still going down. Banks are still having problems using those as collateral. But that's not been the case over the last two months. Rates have gone down substantially, which means collateral prices are going up. So you would expect, at the very least, the BTFP to at least level off and stay steady, which it was doing for a little bit there. But then the last couple of weeks, as rates are going down sharply, the BTFP goes up sharply. That doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense either. It suggests very a compelling case that there's some issue going on here that has nothing to do with interest rates or the price of fixed income instruments, which we've known all really along for the, the entire time. But the acceleration in a potential commercial real estate problem, bank funding problems, those together with outside sources, you mentioned, Steve, global economy. I mean, yeah, there's, there's lots to talk about as far as the global economy, China, Europe, and everywhere else. Um, so there's there's really no shortage of potential explanation for why bond yields are going down. But have they gotten to the point where even the Federal Reserve says, you know, with this inflation showing up, maybe we should start thinking about cutting rates just as a sort of insurance policy in case we're wrong about that whole soft landing thing. Right. Or the case that maybe there is something wrong under the surface, which is what I think the market starts to sense is, hey, wait a minute. They went from this, you know, higher for longer, we're going to raise rates, there's no way we'll ever talk about rate cuts in your lifetime again to up to potentially three next year. I mean, that's a significant deviation. If it was just one cut, I mean, we could shrug that off and say, yeah, they just think they went a little too far and they want to back off a bit. This suggests that the Fed has seen something and they're hoping, as we know what policymakers do, Jeff, they just think that maybe it'll go away, you know, if we just do nothing or we pretend to do something. And in this case, maybe we'll talk yields down a little bit. Whatever the issue is that we're seeing will kind of disappear. And then we can return to our rhetoric from before of, yes, we'll need to raise rates. We talk about cut. We never said that. Well, it was just one meeting and it didn't mean anything. So they're setting themselves up to go either way here is if they need to cut, 
They've let the market know. And then if they want to cover this up in a future meeting, they could just say, look, uh, we just talked about it, but nobody was really serious about it. And then they get away with it, what they always do, which is not having a clue of what they're doing. Yeah, that's the market rates are going down, which is the overriding thing here. And to be clear, we're not saying that the market rates are going down because they now, the market is now pricing rate cuts. That's how you hear it described in the mainstream media. That's not how it actually works. The market rates are going down because demand for safety and liquidity is going way up, which also happens to coincide with eventually the Federal Reserve and other central banks around the world responding to the same thing and cutting rates. So what we're really saying here, does the Fed see the same thing the market does? Because the market is already pricing increased demand for safety and liquidity, which also the flip side of that, Steve, as you know, lower growth and inflation expectations. Neither of those things are good. And if the Fed is starting to talk about rate cuts, the question is whether they see the same thing the market does or do they see something the market doesn't that the market thinks, well, maybe the Fed does. You can get into any number of iterations here. But essentially, the fact that rates are going lower and going lower faster and now the Fed is saying, yeah, we see it, too. We're even thinking about rate cuts. That, I think, is the most powerful takeaway here. Absolutely, Jeff, because one thing we do know is that higher interest rates mean that financial conditions are easing. Lower interest rates mean they're tightening. And all of a sudden, as you said, over the last two months, rates fell quite a bit, telling us that financial conditions are indeed tightening. Of course, their Fed's job is to be alerted to that. Maybe they're just responding to something they're seeing and they're not sure yet. Maybe we're just over-exaggerating. That could be the case. But who knows what's really going on? I think we'll find out soon enough. But as you say, you say this all the time, Steve, it's it's like turning the Titanic. The Fed pivot is not like a, you know, you, have, you envision the pivot is like dropping a dime and everything happens real quickly. The Fed pivot was never going to be like that. It's a process that takes time. And I think what we are, what we're seeing here with, even if the Fed doesn't cut rates at its next meeting, or they don't even th- discuss rate cuts in the public in the future, it doesn't mean they're not thinking about it because let's be let's be clear and honest here. We all know they are. We in fact, even what did Paul say at his press conference the other day? He basically said, Yeah, we see that the world is talking about rate cuts and so are we. I mean, that's not exactly a shock or a surprise. It's a shock that he admitted it, which again, you have to wonder what the agenda here is. But again, the overriding concern is markets are going now with unfettered, you know, they don't have any restrictions from the Fed. Rate hikes are done. We know, we know that's the case. Uh, without the Fed interference, they're going far and fast. And now the Fed is saying, yeah, we kind of agree with it. They don't full, they don't, you know, completely 100% agree with lower rates. They're probably not thinking the same, same terms of probabilities of risk, but they're at least seeing the outlines of the same case and saying, well, we don't disagree. That's, I think, the most important takeaway from the transition here. We do have the inside information that we wish we had, and they have no idea what to do with it. But well, I was going to say, they, they're complete, like, you can tell them, hey, if you go out like 30 yards and turn left, you'll find a pot of gold. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you over there? Yeah, yeah, you go so, the other direction. 30 feet and turn right. Is that what you said? Yeah. 300 feet? Yeah. 